Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Coming up on Taking Stock, a look at Lending Club. The shares are down more than 27% today. Its chief executive has stepped down following an investigation into the company's sales practices. We're going to get a detailed look at the peer-to-peer lending business with Brendan Ross. He is the founder and the chief executive of Direct Lending Investments. But right now, let's get a direct look at news with Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom. All right. Thank you very much, Pim. So it's a down day now. Now for the Dow Jones Industrial Average, an update for the S&P 500 Index, also an update for NASDAQ, and we are brought to you today by Carbonite. You never know when disaster will strike your business from spilled coffee to malware attacks. Protect your digital fires with uh, files with secure, automatic cloud backup from Carbonite. Visit Carbonite.com today to get two months with the offer code broadcast. Equities are advancing right now. We've got the uh, S&P higher by four points, up two-tenths of one percent to 2,061. Crude oil slumping 2.8 percent. West Texas Intermediate Crude down $1.26 a barrel, 43.40 right now. Shifting winds moved wildfires away from oil sands facilities in Canada's Alberta region. Reducing speculation production cuts will make a substantial dent in U.S. stockpiles. There is plenty of ongoing speculation, though, about the Federal Reserve's next move. Jim Paulson is chief investment strategist at Wells Capital Management. So I think that we're going to see a little bit of a global pickup, and I think that's going to force the Fed, if wages go above 2.5%, to uh, probably embark in more than just one rate hike yet this year. A sugar rush for Krispy Kreme donuts. The Ryman family, one of Europe's wealthiest business dynasties, is buying Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme shares up now by 24.2%. Freeport McMoran shares, they're down 10.8%. Copper is sinking. Also, the company has agreed to sell one of its mines in the Democratic Republic of Congo. The 10-year down seven, up 7.30 seconds, yield 1.75%. Gold down $28 the ounce. And now at 3.32 on Wall Street, let's take a look at the other stories making news. Charlie, thank you. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Mark Crumpton. This news update is brought to you by the Jeep Grand Cherokee, the most awarded SUV ever. The Grand Cherokee continues to raise the bar with its luxurious interior and legendary 4x4 capability. Drive one at your local Jeep dealer today. North Carolina Governor Pat McCrory says Congress should, quote, bring clarity to the nation's anti-discrimination laws. He made the remarks hours after his administration sued the Justice Department over a state law that restricts the use of public restrooms by transgender citizens. Our nation is one nation, especially when it comes to fighting discrimination, which I support wholeheartedly. The Justice Department had sent letters warning the state that its law violated the civil rights of transgender citizens. McCrory called that an attempt by the Obama administration to rewrite federal law. House Speaker Paul Ryan says he'll step down as chairman of the Republican National Convention if Donald Trump asks him to. The Milwaukee Journal Sentinel reported that Ryan said, quote, he's the nominee. I'll do whatever he wants with respect to the convention, end quote. The two were scheduled to meet later this week. Ryan's also dismissing claims from Sarah Palin that he's considering a run for president in 2020. 
The sole winner of a $429 million Powerball lottery ticket hasn't come forward. In most states, uh, you are not allowed to be anonymous if you win. In most lottery states, including New Jersey. That was Carol Hedinger, director of the New Jersey State Lottery. The drawing was the sixth largest jackpot in the game's history. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by our 2,400 journalists in more than 150 news bureaus around the world. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Mark Crumpton. Charlie? And we thank you. And again, recapping, stocks higher, S&P advancing three points now to 2060, a gain of two-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Peloton. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Lending Club, the shares of Lending Club down more than 27% today. Its chief executive resigning after an internal review found an investor was sold $22 million of loans that didn't meet that investor's explicit instructions. Let's find out more about peer-to-peer lending from Brendan Ross. He is the founder and the chief executive of Direct Lending Investments, joining us from Los Angeles. Brendan, thank you very much for being with us. Thanks. Good to talk to you again, Tim. Tell us about peer-to-peer lending. How is it supposed to work? The way peer-to-peer lending is supposed to work is a company like Lending Club is supposed to make loans to borrowers, and then it's supposed to match those borrowers with investors who can either buy a whole loan or pieces of a loan, building a fixed income portfolio that delivers returns, in the case of Lending Club, around 6 to 8%. And how does that differ from direct lending investments and noting, of course, that you're a private company? Yeah, so we're an institutional fund. We focus on a more conventional space. Instead of consumer loans, which is what Lending Club does, we do small business loans. We finance non-bank lenders in that space. So we're doing something that's a little more tried and true, but uh, Lending Club is something that uh, I know about well. I was one of the first buyers personally of loans on their system back in the day. And having that experience, can you understand this uh, internal review and the idea that the instructions that the investor had made explicit apparently to the company weren't followed uh, according to this, uh, this internal review? I know it all sounds very mysterious. So these loans were purportedly sold to Jeffries, an investment bank that was going to build up a pool of these and sell them in a securitization, probably to institutional investors. What I'm guessing happened is that Jeffries had specific criteria because it wanted to present its securitization with diversification along all sorts of dimensions. Could have been geography, could have been FICO scores could have been anything. And the fact that these loans came maybe more from one particular origination month instead of another, that may have monkeyed with Jeffrey's plans for the securitization. So it looked like there were some changes made that were untoward. And it's astonishing how rapidly this process corrected itself. I mean, you have this is discovered. These loans were from March and April, and the CEO is gone. Did not affect the company's earnings, which were positive is really, I think, an extraordinary example of transparency in action. I really think they're to be applauded. So having said that, I'm wondering if you can draw the analogy to the larger banking system of the aftermath, let's say, of the housing crisis, uh, if it had reacted with the same kind of speed and the same kind of tone. Yes, I mean, the housing crisis would have been over in uh, in a month and much smaller. I mean, uh, just to put things in perspective, this is 
about $16 billion in loans that they've originated, including a billion in the last month. They had $22 million in loans for which the dates were mismarked. Again, completely unethical, totally outside of the, uh, of the bounds of, what, of, of what's acceptable. And what did they do? They bought the loans back at par and within days had sold them to another investor at par. So these were not bad loans. They just, what happened wasn't right. And the company addressed it pretty quickly. I, again, I think, you know, this is, we're, we're a long way from the housing crisis. And I think this kind of transparency is something would be amazing to see everywhere in the financial system. Just pick up on that and tell people a little bit about direct lending, because you're very upfront about telling people where you get the loans from. We have a little bit more information. We are a little more conventional. So one of the things that Lending Club does is when they sell loans to individual investors, you have confidence in Lending Club's underwriting, but you don't know who the borrowers are. And that's to protect anonymity and create a marketplace. In the case of us, because we're a private fund, we don't make loans where we don't know the identity. So we have uh, you know, the full information about the borrowers. So we're less subject to the types of issues that can crop up in a middleman type of a situation, but, um, uh, you know, that's, that's I, I don't think, a reflection on the fact that Lending Club is making consumer loans. We're making small business a little bit different. And the information that you're getting about those loans, does it tell you anything about the health or strength of the small business market? We get the same information that the underwriter sees. So there's not a stripping away of variables the way there would be with consumer loans. So, for example, I can look online now and I can look at 7,000 different businesses' bank statements from last month. I can look at the business owner's personal credit files. Now, these are all this is all sensitive information that's available to the 20 people that work for me, not to uh, the folks who are investors in my fund. There's the transparency that's been enabled by technology has been a wonderful thing. And it's increased investors' confidence in this type of fixed income at a time when regular fixed income yields are really, uh, really in the, down the tubes. Any chance we're going to see this rolled out on a larger institutional basis? You know, it's very interesting. In the last vintage at Lending Club, 34% of their loans were purchased by banks. And actually, only about 45% were purchased by individuals, hedge funds making up the difference. So this is actually becoming much more attractive to banks. And it's fascinating because you would think of banks as being the companies that would do these types of originations. In fact, they're doing less of them and buying them from companies like Lending Club. Brendan Ross, founder, chief executive, direct lending investments based in Los Angeles. Thank you very much for spending time with us. You're listening to Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. Coming up on Taking Stock, we'll introduce you to a fund manager who runs a portfolio of stocks designed to be a Great America Fund. We'll tell you why he likes independence.